heart and soul of a nation, beckons the call. The voice of our forefathers heard in the distance. A house divided against itself cannot stand. To reclaim our honor. honor. Our soul. The challenges of a generation call out. Future generations hang in the balance. We choose liberty. This is the voice of a nation. The nation. The nation. The nation. And now, Malcolm. One of the big points of the Middle East war that has not been discussed uh, a lot is the human factor of the hostages. And we've been getting a lot of requests, a lot of emails in from listeners about exactly that point, asking why aren't more people speaking about the their lives or who these people are. And, you know, we know that their lives changed forever on October 7th and not just their lives, but their families' lives. And listen, one of the lives I want to talk to you about today, in fact, I will be dedicating today's broadcast to a young 19-year-old, Noah Marciano is her name. Noah Marciano. This show today on The Voice of a Nation is dedicated to these young women uh, 19 years old, she was in the Israeli military. Uh, she was a corporal in the Border Guards uh, Corps and uh, she, uh, the, the Border Guards Corps. And uh, the Hamas uh, published a video just a few days after she was there in Gaza, actually. But she is now, uh, and her family has acknowledged, she has now died. She's been killed. Um, she's dead. And so many like this. But here's what gets me about this story. And I, I just have to share with you. When I seen her photograph, and I see it in my newsfeed, just a vibrant, young, 19-year-old. And when this picture was taken, here's what I'm thinking. You know, it's got the waterside behind her. She's got her graduation cap on. She just graduated. She's in her prime of her life, obviously. Just taken off in her life. 19-year-old young lady beautiful smile on her face. Imagine feeling like she's on top of the world. And we've all had those moments in our lives where we just feel like, ah, it's beautiful. It's all ahead. And there's so much to live for, right? We all feel that way from time to time in our lives. And that's the beautiful thing about life. And I see the photograph of her. And I, I think to myself, you know, when she had that photograph taken, we never know when when life is, if we're in the wrong place, wrong time, that's really what it is. A lot of these things are circumstances in our lives. It's wrong place, wrong time. And, you know, you, you lose your life. And in this particular case, a lot of those people out at the music festival uh, on October 7th had no idea. And a lot of the people were visiting there. Frankly, there were a lot of visitors, relatives and friends that happened to be in town, enjoying the music festival, enjoying a beautiful day. Uh, had no idea that their life would, A, a change forever. For many, it would come to an end in the most horrific way, uh, which just reminds us of the uh, fragility of life, friends. But it also reminds us uh, of life being a blessing and that we never can count on it, just but being in the moment is what I'm saying. We can only count on that. We can't count on anything beyond that, friends. But uh, this woman and seeing the picture of this just you know, impacted me in the way that, uh, you know, her life is done now. She's no more here. And it's a tragedy. We see this so often in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I always think about it. I always do. 
I remember at 9-11, people that just happened to be there. And I've been in those buildings many times. I've had dinners in those buildings and meetings I've had in those buildings up in New York. And, and I remember thinking of the people that just happened to be in the wrong place, the wrong time, on the wrong floor. Imagine being on the 90th floor and just being in some one of a moment, and that's it. Your life is snuffed out from events that are completely beyond your control. Isn't that, again, the fragility of life? Wrong place, wrong time. And that's exactly what happened on October 7th, friends. Uh, so, and I think about this, by the way, with my own children. I always, always do, as they're now young people in college, uh, both my son and my daughter, and I think about that often, that you do your best you can and you put them out into the world. And there's a lot of evil out there and you you just have to hope and pray that they can stay clear of that. But there are no guarantees in life uh, for certain. So today's broadcast on the voice of a nation, I welcome in my fellow Americans and to all of our friends around the world, including our friends in Israel and this family here of Noah Marciano, I will talk a little bit more about that, but let me, I want to get comments now from Ilana Friedman, who joins me on the broadcast. And Ilana, so I see this picture of this beautiful woman. My heart just breaks for her, her family. I mean, she's not here anymore. She is, she is uh, dead from this episode. I mean, the family says it was uh, based on Hamas. We really don't know all the details of it, but um, isn't this, I mean, th speak about this human factor of these people in their lives, Ilana? Well, first of all, these people were were uh, kidnapped under the worst possible scenario. They were dragged away, basically, from their homes to Gaza. The thing about this is the way that Hamas revealed this information. This is something that the Israeli military calls psychological terrorism. What they did was they took a video of her in which she identified herself and then they cut away to a picture of her lifeless body. And this is what they sent to Israel, to her family, to the Israeli government. And this is what they had to deal with. Uh, it, it, the horror of it, the cruelty of it, the sadism of it, was it's it's unspeakable it's something that that we don't understand very well because it's beyond the scope of anything that we would consider in any way being close to but what we have is a an enemy that is sadistic that is evil to its core and they they bring up and the reason there are so many young people involved is because from the very earliest ages in school, on television, they have special television for children. Mm -hmm. These children are schooled by Hamas to hate Jews, to glorify killing Jews, and to make sure that they understand that killing Jews is a good thing. It's something they should be proud of. It's something their families will be proud of. And, you know, you you may have heard this story about one of the terrorists on October 7th who called his father and said, I just killed 10 Jews. And his father said, Allahu Akbar, you are a hero. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Who does that? Now, well, Ilana, let me add to you here. So, like, for instance, what I understand, and correct me on this, if this is accurate or not, but I understand 
this is how crazy it is. When they're like, whatever, four, five, six, seven, eight years old, what they actually do, and this is crazy, but listen to this now. This is what I've read and studied on this. They'll they'll teach math this way. They'll say, okay, so there are seven Jews, and if you kill six of them, how many are left? Exactly. Wow. Exactly. That's, that's the way they do it. I mean, it's part of it is subliminal like that. And part of it is very active. They dress them up in costumes. One is a soldier, a, a, a Hamas uh, terrorist, and the other is an Israeli soldier. And the Hamas terrorism shoots with a pretend gun, shoots the Israeli soldier who falls down, presumably dead. Um, they get them on television, these little kids, five years old, and they say, what would you like to be when you grow up? And he says, I want to be a terror. I, I don't call him terrorist. I want to be a, a, a hero. I want to be a, a martyr. And th this is something we, we can't even understand. We can't understand because we have no experience with this. But this is, this is why when they talk about the poor, innocent Gazans, you have to wonder how many of them are really so innocent. Yeah, yeah. Um, this, uh, no, absolutely for sure. But it, it's, um, it is important. Most people don't recognize how they're really truly brainwashing the children and indoctrinating them from a young age. And, and Alana, if you're three years old, four years old, five years old, seven, eight, nine years old, and that's all you're taught, you really have no concept beyond that. You really think it's normal behavior, just like anything we learn as children. It becomes normal behavior. So this really, I I'm, I'm, would suggest to you, is very normal behavior. It's, in other words, it's just going out on another day and killing people is very normal to them. They don't see, I mean, it's it's shocking, but it's accurate, isn't it? The psychological terror. Yes, it is accurate. And one of the things that this accomplishes is it dehumanizes the Israelis. Right. So that they don't get the feeling that they are killing real people they're killing evil and in fact they didn't just kill israelis there were some thai workers there who were killed and and uh and we know they weren't just israelis there were um, there were people from many different countries whom they killed or tortured or 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 kidnapped and um and they they also were being fed this this drug uh and that made them feel euphoric and made them not worry about the consequences of what they were doing. Yeah, so they actually drug uh, the young people, the young men that are coming in uh, that did that whole scene on October. So so they're high on this stuff that just, they become invincible, Ilana, is what's happening, right? Totally invincible. Like, you, they become invincible, but they also don't, they, they're, the way the drug works, they don't care. Exactly. They don't have any. They don't have any personal feeling about what they're doing. They just say, "Okay, this is. I just killed ten, you know, Jews. That's that makes me a good guy." And, and, and you know, th this whole talk about. And let me just say something here because we mentioned it a couple of times here. When we all right, so I think the other thing that people don't get, Alana, is that when we're talking about this brainwashing indoctrination, and we use the word Jews from younger forward, and then as you're saying. People call us, well, I killed 10 Jews today or whatever. But here's what I think a lot of people don't accept or don't really understand. And a lot of these protesters surely don't understand is that the Jews are just a stepping stone. It really is. I mean, I think this is a really important point. Every, there are a lot of people making this about a fight about the Jewish people and 
the the Arabs there, the, the, the terrorists, the Palestinians, whatever you want to call it, Hamas. I mean, pick your adjective, you know, you you know. But I mean, but it's really way beyond that. I mean, this form of uh, terror that we're talking about, and I think people are, that are educated on this recognize, this has, well, Netanyahu's actually been talking about that in the last many days. He said, this is just, the, this is the entree to you people. They're coming after all of you. So that's this right. really isn't a fight about the Jewish people. Well, it is, but that's, as you say, it's a stepping stone to a much larger fight against the world that is not, you know, involved in Islam, that is not, uh, that is not practicing Sharia compliant Muslims. Right, right. And yet people walk around thinking that, you know, it's not their fight or it's back to that saying, you know, when they came for my friend, came for my brother, came for my such and such, uh, you know, I did, I didn't do anything because I was whatever. And then they came for me one day and all hell broke loose, Alana, you know? Well, well, the the end of that poem is they came for me and there was nobody there to say to help me. No, that's correct. That's correct. Because I had, I had abandoned everybody else. Yeah, yeah, and th- th- that's a real lesson we need to get across to people. Is what I'm trying to point out, and and I'm thinking about these brainless protesters and people that are all different nationalities that are out there on the front lines supporting a terrorist group who think they're somehow being noble, Ilana. They're they're not being noble. They're being stupid, and they're being uh, very very self destructive, because it is going to come back to haunt them. Yeah, yeah, you know. Y- these young people that were there at that music festival, you know, it's just to think their lives get stolen from them right at that moment. You know, when I talk about wrong place, wrong time, you know what I'm talking about? There's something so, the the fragility of life I'm talking about, Alana, and all of the way, shape, and form that we all live, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, it should give us all a process of thinking, I'm saying, about, you know, there's blessing that's called life, but again, you know, we there are no guarantees, are there? You know, no, there are no guarantees. And one of the things that bothers me about Americans today is either they're on the wrong side altogether, or they're just not plugged in at all, and they don't, yeah. Yeah. you know, they don't, they don't know what's going. Well, on. they actually get on the wrong side because they're not plugged in altogether. That's well, well, yeah, that's that's part of it. And and we have talked before about the role that care is playing in this um, and and what they you know, what they are doing, what they have been doing for the last 30 years to have um, created this environment, this woke environment in which they're, the students are brainwashed in college and it's all been done on under the cloak of of equity. Yeah. Of, you know, of being uh, uh, kind to Muslims because they're a minority and we have to uh, we have to reach out to them and we have to love them and we have to accept them in a way that is contrary to everything American. Yeah. Yeah. And by the way, for those who don't know, and I imagine probably most of you do, but PEAR is the Council on American Islamic Relations, which is really an oxymoron kind of thing, truth be told about it, which is really the fraud that Ilan is talking about, because they don't want any American Islamic relations very much so. Not when you're out there saying death to America on a regular basis uh, and burning flags and hate in the country and people uh, that doesn't exist. So it's an oxymoron, obviously, but that's their name. And Alana, isn't that or isn't that the driving force or one of the major driving forces 
for these uh, massive protests and all these plants that are in these universities and in city centers and that sort of thing. Isn't that aren't they one? Isn't this one of the responsible parties? Absolutely. They have been they have been working on this for 30 years to try to they've created all of these mus, student Muslim uh, organizations and they have been little by little brainwashing them. And you have to understand that CARE was founded by Hamas. And the leader of the uh, it was hold on specifically. Uh, so hold on a minute. When we talk about a lot of different terrorist groups like Hamas and Hezbollah and the Houthis and all, you know, um, there, there's so many of them. Uh, is, is this one was really founded by Hamas itself? That terrorist group yes, founded by the Hamer the American branch of Hamas that came here in about 1986-87, and the year later, um, they they established themselves as the 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 secret cloak that covered a Hamas in the United States. It's it's a it's a product of the Muslim Brotherhood, and as, as Hamas is the Muslim Brotherhood created, founded Hamas in Gaza, and then they needed to fundraise, so they established a branch in the United States. But they couldn't do it, you know, openly. So they, in in nineteen in, in yeah nineteen ninety four they founded Hamas, uh, they founded rather CARE, and that uh, is there till today. And the man who is the, the, the CEO, the director of CARE, was at the founding meeting. Um, and at that point, he was, you know, a, a representative of Hamas. Yeah. Ilana, why are Westerners, uh, many of them, uh, you can't ever say all, so we won't ever do that, but why are Westerners so... Um, yeah, for a better word, stupid, but so disconnected from the reality of this conversation of what we're dealing with. I I think that Americans are by and large naive. Uh, we want to we want to either see the good in everything, or at least see the comfort to us in everything, and we don't want to face some of the harsh realities of life that we don't see in our daily lives. I think that's part of it. People who go to the universities are privileged. They're not, you know, the, they're not the 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 kids that you see on the street in in uh, um, in neighborhoods in poor neighborhoods, for example. They're 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 privileged people who come from moderately comfortable to very wealthy homes, and so they've they've never seen the 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 seamy side of life. Yeah. It doesn't also a lot of this fall into the bucket of uh, diversity, uh, inclusion, equity business. Yeah, that's what I was referring to before. I probably didn't say it very well. But the the this whole idea that we that, you know, Muslims are are um, picked on. And so we have to go out of our way to to, um, you know, extend ourselves, be nice to them, include them. This this whole thing of inclusion, you know. We were we are told in schools that we cannot pray, but Muslims can pray in schools. Yeah, yeah, I've Th seen that is the truth. That's the truth. Yeah. So this inclusion is really unbalanced, and it's not it's not equity. It is something um, much more dark than. So equity. when you yeah, so when you said ignorant a moment ago, Westerners, we're talking about Westerners now, um, and I said, well, I mean, some of these people are borderline stupid uh, and ignorance. Predict, I mean, not ex accepting the situation, but really on the level of what we're talking about here, including this bait and switch of diversity, 
uh, equity inclusion business, Solana, that is a cancer. Uh, that, they, in other words, these a lot of people use it against. I mean, China uses it. Uh, a lot of foreign adversaries use it. The terrorists use it. They're using our own fears and our own language and the way our lifestyle is. In other words, they have figured out Western values and they use this against it to strike fear into people. And then people like Barack Obama's of the world and, of course, the the Marxist left come along and they're going to, you know, uh, equal the playing field. And then we lose all control of the situation. And this is kind of like, well, I almost think, Ilana, this is like a Trojan horse, it's like a Trojan horse into Western values. Does that make sense? You're exactly right. I I can't I I can't imagine saying it any better because this is exactly what's happening. This is a Trojan horse inside America, and it's already starting to open up. And the soldiers are coming out, and the soldiers haven't a clue what they're there for, but they don't care. They're just going to kill. Yeah, yeah. That's my sense. That really is my sense right now. That's what we're dealing with in society is this uh, this idea of a Trojan horse in our lives. And they do it under the guise that they're trying to be equal and fair to people, to other fellow people. And they're not at all. And then on top of that, Alana, they've made white supremacy the, the disease. Like white people are now not only are the problem, that's another species that is in trouble. <laughs> I represent yeah. part of that species, but I, you know, you hear some of the hate coming against you, right or wrong. Oh, absolutely right. They're, they're not only the, the problem, they're the source of the problem. And so they, you know, they're the 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 evil fruit of the tree. Um, well, I guess the evil root of the tree. Um, and then if you're if you're white, you're evil. I, I mean, th- this whole thing is just so out of control and makes no sense at all. But the the because they've gotten away from it, they've gotten away with it for so long that um, it, they, they expect it to be accepted across yeah. the board. Well, if I analyze this a moment, which I tend to do everything, Ilana, I would say back to you that, OK, so how does this really happen? The fact that it happens in the way that it does. And I'm talking about Western values, how they're uh uh, they're 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 used uh, as propaganda tools to in, um, infiltrate uh, through their Trojan horse um, uh, their uh, the mythologies of how they attack the West and they do it using our playing field to get what they want and then but here's the problem I want to really understand with you leadership leadership the people that are in positions of 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 leadership whether they be elected officials or others in various groups, Alana, these people, uh, there's a good many of these people, the big majority of them, I would imagine, the mix of these folks, they play to the other part. And I always, and I think for a moment, are they doing it because they're ignorant or they're not intelligent or they have nefarious means about them that they root for these other sources what they consider the underdog. Like for instance, right now is a perfect example, the Palestinian people, they've become to these people, the underdog. They're the people who, they're they're the sons and brothers and uncles and fathers who came across there on October 7th, right or wrong, to kill all these innocent people. Is that a correct statement? Yes, it is a correct statement. And one of the things that I occurred to me as you were speaking is that 
You know, we talk about inclusiveness and we attribute it to the woke society. But the reality is that America has always been inclusive. And what the, the what the these these people, these these dark people who uh, are the people in care and the people in Hamas and the people who are who are building this antipathy and the, the BLM and uh, all these these groups um, who are going after the whites and everybody else, they are taking this very, very positive characteristic and turning it around into a negative and then accusing us of it. And then they want to they want to own the inclusiveness. So instead of doing what America has done all the all for the last 250 years has been to include people in this new experiment, uh, what they are doing is to exclude the people they don't like. Yeah, yeah. But this, it's this feminism, it's this inclusive they call it inclusiveness. Yeah, and yeah. they've actually taken what America has built on. Yeah, yeah built what was good and they are, are using it to destroy america this uh, drives me crazy alana i speak about it all the time and it, it really does drive me crazy because one of the things as a young boy growing up myself that i always loved about our country is that we were a very diverse unique country with different people different ideas i never understood the whole racism prejudice sort of thing i it was very disturbing i I, I just don't live in that world. I don't really even understand the world. I look at human life as truly a blessing and unique. And frankly, America is unique because we're not all one look, one size, one shape, one color, one thought process. This is what makes this country so amazing. And having grown up with that, I always considered it a blessing beyond blessings, Alana. Yet they use it against us now, you know? Yeah. Also, it's a characteristic that made us strong because you take the best of all different, the different cultures that made the American melting pot and, and you get from it a a tremendous creative energy. And that has made America the, the most powerful country in the world until this century. Yeah. Yeah, this is so important, what we're speaking about right now. It is so important. It is really where the rubber meets the road for me. It's right here, right at the intersection of where I where I want to be, what I want to talk about, and really wake people up to the truth. Until we push back and we don't accept this behavior, I'm telling you, if we don't do that soon, Alana, we are going to lose uh, our country. I mean, we're in, it's in the process of being lost now, but we will absolutely lose our country for good. And that's what I see right now is that the, the, the pivotal point of this struggle as we come into this 250-year semi-quincentennial anniversary, this is what I see as a, in other words, our existence in Western values and American values hinge on this point of what we're talking about, that the enemy has stoked and they have totally taken advantage of from really people that are in high places and position that are leading uh, Americans and Western Westerners down the wrong roads, which, by the way, Alana, happened all over Europe. It happened all over Europe. I mean, all those countries in Europe and, you know, Angela Merkel was a was a disease and a cancer to Europe. And just like this Macron, I mean, these are some of the biggest fools on the planet. 
that are running these countries and the UK and look at the populations now that have grown from that have accepted these terrorist uh, people of terrorism. That's the way I look at it, Alana. You know, uh, about I must have been about 20, 25 years ago, maybe longer. But I, I, I that's that's what I remember. Uh, Europe made a decision. European countries made a decision mm-hmm. to bring uh, workers, low, you know, low paid workers from North Africa. And these were all Muslims. And what they have done is basically created their own invasion of their own country so that uh, you no longer have a, a, a any kind of uh, uh, unified population. You've got a population, first of all, with with people from all different countries and and cultures and pop and 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 parts of the world. But the large majority of the people who came in as workers were North African Muslims. And they have turned their culture around so that in Europe, Islam is a very large and growing part of the population. Yeah. And they are pretending yeah. that their religion, um, I mean, you've seen the signs yeah. that says uh, we don't want democracy, we want, it. We want Islam. Yeah. Uh, and, and this is something that is is plaguing all of Europe and it's plaguing us. And it's certainly plaguing Israel yeah. uh, because the Jews, as you said at the beginning, the Jews are number one. They're first, and then right. the rest of the world comes next. Well, it's always death to Israel, death to America is right next. I mean, that's, that's what right. they always say. It's always what they do. Now, frankly, that, that stands for the Western values that they're trying to uh, remove. They want to omit that from the planet uh, to have their culture be everywhere. Uh, many of these European countries, too, by the way, not just what you just put out there, Alana, but even went beyond that. Remember, with the European Union, they had open borders. There were no borders anymore. And people were coming in by the droves, right? Correct? Herds. Yeah, herds. they were coming in. And and in fact, I think it was uh, one, one of the countries actually put up <laughs> put up war, war, walls or, or, you know, fencing yeah. Yeah. to keep them out. And that... <laughs> That went totally against the uh, European Union. It became very controversial, very controversial. There are several of them that realized that uh, and realized they were under siege and they needed to do something about it to push back, you know, and now they're seeing the fruits of what's happened. And the the culture is changing. And the other problem is they're not having the babies out there. I did a whole program on this uh, some months ago uh, off the top of my head. I think it, I, I believe it is, Alana, for a population to succeed within a culture, if I remember correctly off the top, I think it's 2.6. Uh, it has that's to be, what's they, that? That's what they used to say. But 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 the, the white population, uh, the traditional European population does not produce at that level anymore. No, no, but but the others are doing that. Do you understand? Yeah, the right. Other, yeah. Right. And I mean, right now you see the growth of, I mean, just look at China and India. But of course, China now is because they had the baby, uh, one baby policy there. They sort of now hit, but my God, the 1.4 billion. But they're now coming back the other way now. They uh, are. They, they, they changed the law. First, it was one baby yeah, uh, two. per family. And then they went to two and now they're up to three. Oh, it is three now, Ilana? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't hear that. So because I was born, I was I was I, I don't think I've ever said this on here or anything, but I was one of seven. So what when you I guess if you have seven, what do they do? Kill the other four or five? <laughs> they Well, they don't let they they, they pro- provide they provide in quotes abortions. 
Yeah, right, right. Well, and look at look at America. We, we've killed a whole generation here of millions and millions of Americans based on that scenario, Alana, you know? Yeah, that's true. Of abortions, yeah. We, we've look killed up. generations, right? We kill every year. Yeah, yeah, it continues onward. The numbers are staggering with with what yeah. happens there. But uh, but but this whole back to this whole diversity, equity, inclusion is the Trojan horse that I'm speaking about here, and it really is to me the Trojan horse. It's an infiltration uh, into Western values, and they use those uh, about their fairness and equity, diver- uh, d- d- you know, uh, inclusion, uh, diversity, all of these catch words that sound very flavorful. And even, and even in the corporate boardrooms, those became, oh, by the way, a lot of these corporations out there, uh, we, we, in fact, it, it, well, all right, as an example here, we can, it broadens the conversation a little bit, but I, I just want to get this point in here. If you all remember the controversy just, oh, just months ago here with the trans on the bud can of beer. You remember that, Alana, the trans oh, beer. Oh, yeah. yeah, that was huge. I mean, they lost so much market share. They went, they, they, they were the number one beer, but they're not now. They, the, people were so upset with this, but that was all about the diversity, uh, equity, inclusion thing. And then what happened is, what happened is, see, the, the, the LGBTQIA plus community took that over as well. The, all these groups do this and it erodes our values and they did that in with Bud Light and all, and right. people were incensed with it, and it burnt the whole brand out. What happened by pushing that onto people, you know, big burly men at the bar who really are not LGBTQI going in to get a can with a trans person on the can was jamming the, that down their throats. And but people the funny were, thing was Malcolm. The funny thing was they only did it on one can. Yeah. <laughs> But it was enough to throw the whole brand it in the tank. It was enough to throw the whole company out of whack. But what, what happened is my other point I was going to make on this, Alana, is what happened is a lot of these uh, corporations started to see, because uh, let me guess now, Target went through a real problem with this as well. There were a whole yep. bunch of brands that went through a huge problem with this and were starting to lose a lot of market share, actually. Um, and which I was happy to see that they were losing market share, frankly, truth be told. But what happened is some of the company, the country, uh, the companies now, the corporations, uh, 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 Ilana, what they started to do, and I actually absolutely applauded this, they started to see the cancer. And I realized, oh, about six, eight months ago, they started some of them firing the diversity, equity, inclusion directors, the officers who were because what happened is I've read stories after the fact and they were looking for problems. They were looking for, in other words, in order to prove their existence and prove their worthiness of that position as a director, they would go out of their way, just like the can of bud, but many examples like that, that were totally avoidable, but they go out of their way to prove their worthiness and they do these crazy promotions and ideas and they sink the brand into the toilet, Alana, right? Absolutely. And it's happened with Target and it's happened with, I, to, to a very limited extent with Walmart who started pushing some of these trans uh, yeah. clothes for children. And uh, it's just, um, it, it's, it's beyond my understanding why intelligent people would do that to their company that they work so hard to build. Exactly. Okay. It. What what yeah. what I've said to you sometimes now, you just said it back to me. What intelligent people, I don't really understand if they're intelligent or if they are, or is it just ignorance or 
is that these groups get in and they hijack. What they're doing is they hijack uh, the mission, the, the 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 thought process or their mission or whatever the end goal is for them to do it. And somehow it becomes acceptable behavior, Ilana. Like if you go against it, you're called out, right? You're called out. Sure, sure. That's what's happening. Yeah, and that's uh, the opposite of inclusion, by the way. Well, it is. It is. That's what I'm trying to drive here. It's a Trojan horse onto Western values. But what they're doing is the enemy right now. They're using this campaign of ideas against... really uh, uh american values for sure western values our existence everything we thought we were about is what they're using to tear our our lifestyle and our empire down to nothingness elana that's and, what's happening yeah and and you when you look at these uh demonstrations on the street uh the blocking and, and the, the stuff they're doing in new york city is just insane uh the the major major demonstration outside of grand central station they charged they cha- they blocked the entire operation so the trains had to stop nobody could get in or out yeah. and uh uh shouting for for they're not pro-palestinian they're pro-hamas and so you know they're shouting for hamas well, i mean who does that in america shout you know promote the the uh, the terrorists. So you you have that going on at the same time today. You had uh, um, a couple of hundred thousand people supporting Israel. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, that was a beautiful thing uh, yeah. to see that happen this afternoon. Uh, that and I've seen people come in by the busloads and all of that to support uh, the Israeli people. And it was a huge turnout. Delana was huge. Yeah, one of the most dramatic um, uh, yeah. speeches. Yeah. Uh, was by Hakeem Jeffries. Who would have expected that? Yeah, this Very- was this was something today that brought both Democrats and Republicans together. There's not much that does that, Ilana. Not much no, at all. Not at all. But and this he, one sort of did. Oh, I didn't expect him to come out. Yeah. And- yeah. But he he and was- Chuck Schumer as well uh, had a lot of things. He's very again, you know, obviously they are pro-Israel, they're pro-Jewish, they should be, and uh, right. I mean, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> You know, but at the same time, anti-Semitism is growing very, very rapidly in this country. And you noted um, last week, I think it was that that uh, um, the Jewish population represents about two and a half percent of the entire population of America. And yet 50 percent of the hate crimes are against Jews. Yeah, it's about 55 in some areas. It ranges in studies between 55 and 60 percent. Of wow. the hate crimes, that is More a fact. That is a fact. Yeah, uh, that are towards the Jewish people, and yet they're just a, a smiggling of our percentage. They're about two point four, two point five in that range. So that just tells you anti-Semitism is on the rise. And again, they're being used as a, a tool right now as the fight for the moment. But again, friends, they're coming for everybody. Is the bigger point here, and they're doing it under the guise of what we think we're all about, being the most diverse nation, the most diverse people, the most equity-driven people, fair, honest, uh, the good, 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 solid people. They're using that, guys, to come after us, and that's the sad reality of what we're talking about here. Uh, friends, with Ilana Friedman here on The Voice of a Nation, I want to take a pause in just a moment here and just remind you to visit us back, of course, always, at americaoutloud.news. 
is, of course, our news platform. Um, best writers, uh, just great columnists. And there's an interesting column I want to tell you about when we come back that was actually written uh, from uh, believe this first time, but it is published here, and you can see it on the platform here at news. But get a load of this from Ilana's husband. Uh, first time, and this is from him, and you'll see that on the platform here. Um, who are the innocent Gazans? And uh, we'll touch a little bit on that. Just be, I think it's interesting to bring that up into the equation. We'll do that in moments here. Also want to remind you, AmericaOutloud.shop are our sponsored partners, and we're proud of all of the relations we have there. And really, our goal is to help people live an amazing, fulfilling life and with quality, our health. Uh, that's the whole driving mechanism of our platform and has been from day one. There are a lot of people suffering and struggling uh, with long COVID. And I know a lot of people in my life and around us who are struggling with that, the fight. And a lot of people who are, as you know, with vaccine injuries, um, massive problems with that. And we're start, we're we're not even... We're just starting to see the edges of this fight now, which we talk about frequently enough on America Out Loud. So I encourage you all to live the healthiest life by go back to AmericaOutloud.shop. Take a look at the great products there that'll help you do that. Use the code OUTLOUD to get the discounts we've negotiated on your behalf uh, here for our America Out Loud family. We'll take a quick pause now, friends, and we'll join you just on the other side here on The Voice of a Nation. The silent majority has spoken. We say, let the silent voices be heard. You can be the voice of change. Contact our producer at libertyatamericaoutloud.com. libertyatamericaoutloud.com. Spike proteins help viruses enter into your cells, disrupting your health and your well-being. Global Healing's Foreign Protein Cleanse detoxes your body of spike proteins, which allows your body to repair from within, supporting your immune and respiratory systems and regulating your inflammatory response. Formulated by Dr. Edward Group and by Dr. Brian Artis, Foreign Protein Cleanse targets and detoxes spike proteins in the body. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get 15% off using the code OUTLOUD. Global healing, giving you the power to take control of your health naturally. This is Jody O'Malley with Nurses Out Loud. Did you know our body is made up of trillions of cells and inside each cell, redox signaling molecules are produced. These molecules hold a sacred place in chemistry because as we age, the vital communication of our immune system to keep our bodies free from harmful bacteria, viruses, and toxins become less efficient. For the first time ever, ASEA brings you the power of these molecules in a convenient and potent form to provide your body with the essential support it needs to thrive. Ever since I toured their facility, I take two ounces in the morning and evening, and my vitality and energy has been restored at a time I needed it the most. Go to americaoutloud.shop and get your exclusive 15% discount by using the code OUTLOUD. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. 
From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be with a company that shares your values. Go to outloudcare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. I'm so confused. I don't know what to do. I'm afraid of going to the hospital. My doctor tells me nutrition doesn't work. Trust is earned. We are the Energetic Health Institute, and we want to earn your trust. Natural medicine, holistic nutrition, detoxification, fasting, cellular healing, and so much more. Remember, the best way to be free is to be healthy. So stop being a patient and start being a student at energetichealthinstitute.org. We are the pulse and voice of everyday American thought. AmericaOutloud.news, delivering a message of truth, inspiration, and hope to the world. Here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. Join us in the fight for liberty and justice for all. America Out Loud Talk Radio. Welcome back into the broadcast here on The Voice of the Nation. It is indeed Malcolm Out Loud here. And as always, it's a privilege to be with you, my fellow Americans, and to all of our beautiful people around the world here. This is the place for you, uh, for the Out Loud Truth. And uh, thank you for joining us on this mission here today and all of our great program and our radio host, all of our shows, of course, go to podcasts across the network. Uh, but uh, we are fighting hard for liberty and justice for all. Uh, this interesting article I want to bring to your attention, which you will see um, today uh, on the platform here at AmericaOutloud.news. Who are the innocent Gazans? And a lot of this was written by uh, your husband. Uh, and uh, which which shocked me when you said that. I thought, okay, all right. And he did a great job with it. Tell us the the summation. Give us uh, listeners a sense of what what we're talking about here, please. Well, we we mentioned it uh, briefly before. The um, when we talk about we hear so much about Israel killing innocent Gazans, but the question is, who are the innocent? Are there are there innocent Gazans? I, I'm sure there are. But one of the things that ha has been happening in in Gaza for the last, uh, well, since certainly since 2005, it's been going on a lot, a lot longer, but it's much worse now. The um, Hamas uh, teaches children from the cradle to love Hamas, to love violence, to hate Jews, that it is good, that it is good and godly to kill Jews. And they do mock uh, attacks and murders from, from five-year-olds, from 10-year-olds. And then they send their kids to summer camp where they learn how to fight like soldiers when they're eight years old. And they learn how to use guns and they learn how to use other kinds of weapons. These kids are taught to be terrorists from very, very early age. And they're taught to dehumanize the Israelis. So that if they were to kill an Israeli, it's not like killing a real person. It's just like 
you know, nothing. It's, it's, you, you kill it and he's gone and he doesn't bother you anymore. That's right. it. Like a fly. Yeah. Yeah. Ilana, um, why and- is this point that you're making right now? Now, this very serious question here. Why is this point lost on people like Emmanuel Macron uh, and jackasses like this? Why? I don't think they believe it. I mean, it's so evil. Um, you know, you you can't believe that people would really do this uh, in a systematized way because Macron doesn't. I don't. If he thinks at all, he doesn't think like a terrorist. Um, and and so he says, eh, no, that's well, he don't. Thing. He don't. He don't. Uh, he don't think like a leader either. By the way, no, of course not. Well, he doesn't think at all. Maybe huh. um, that would be <laughs> that would be my assessment. But the the the. Um, what happens is then, then these little kids grow up and now they're young men. And if you look at the videos or the photographs of the guys coming in, these terrorists coming in, that the Hamas people wear these green um, bandanas around their head, yeah. around the foreheads. Yeah. And the Islamic Jihad wear orange bandanas around their foreheads. And the other guys wear flip-flops and whatever they happen to be wearing at the time. And there were hundreds of them, maybe thousands of these young guys. They think there were 5,000 people who came over and did the horrendous things that they did to 1,400 people or 1,200 people. I think that number has come down. And you know why it's come down? Because a couple of hundred of the people they found who were hard to identify were actually the Gazans who came in to do damage and got got killed. So uh, they found about 200 of those uh, so they brought the number down from fourteen. Oh, I didn't know that, Alon. Now, how did they? How did those people roughly get killed just by the mo- what? How did that happen? Oh, oh, from uh, IDF maybe or, or yeah, well, they came. Yeah, they got killed by the IDF. They got killed. Some people had guns. Um, I heard of one man who who didn't had a gun, didn't use it, and was killed, was murdered. I don't know why. I mean, I, if I would if I would face that and I had a gun, I'd go out fighting in a blaze of glory. But um, anyway, he didn't. Uh, but but there were some guns. Uh, the Israeli government had been very, very harsh about their gun laws. And yeah. they, when I was there, I, I always had a gun, but I had I did a lot of traveling alone. So they they let me have one. A lot but, of will that change? Will gun laws change in Israel because of this? Already ha- they already have. Um, there There is a push now to make sure that a large portion of the Israeli population will be armed from now on. Because they they didn't have a Second Amendment like we had. No, no, they don't have a constitution. Right, right. So they don't have it. So is this? They have something called basic laws, and it serves the purpose of a constitution, but uh, it it's not nearly as strong as what we have. So they're gonna. So that'll be new legislation they're they're putting in place for that to happen. A new law, you say, of some sort. Well, I I think yeah, they've just changed the regulations. I don't think they would. A new law. They they don't okay. have time. They have to. Okay. They have to um, uh, make sure yeah. that their people can defend. Themselves. Well, they realize that you know many of these Israelis on many of these border communities uh, could become sitting ducks, uh, Ilana. Uh, well, they they've already. I mean, we've seen that. Yeah. Um, yeah. These these twenty two little towns and yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. you know, uh, uh, we're, Ilana, uh, we're I want to talk to a moment too about another point we haven't really discussed, but. Uh, which really puts Israel in a very delicate spot. And it's been becoming more volatile uh, in, in not the northern area, Lebanon and Hezbollah, but the West Bank um, is another problem here. Um, 
Talk about the West Bank and the dangers that lurk there a moment. Yeah, you have a a sizable Arab population, Muslim population in the West Bank. And they have, um, instead of being absorbed by countries uh, back in 1948, when, when the original, uh, when the United Nations gave Israel its charter, and Israel was was created in May 1948. Uh, they, a lot of the Arabs who lived there, and they were Arabs, they weren't Palestinians. Everybody under the British mandate, British had them from the 1920s, had, were ruling what it, what was then called British Palestine. And uh, everybody who lived there, Jews, Arabs, Christians, everybody had a Palestinian passport. So then you get to 1948, and um, at the end of a very vicious war in which Israel had had no war machine, it was brand new, and I guess five or six Arab countries uh, plus the uh, Arab Legion attacked from all sides. And yet, and by the end of 1948, the, the war was over and Israel had won. And uh, what the United Nations did at that point was to to um, it was solidify the division of Israel, which they had done earlier, but they had very strange boundaries, and the Arabs did not accept those boundaries. So they, after the war, the uh, the boundaries were solidified as what they call pre sixty seven boundaries. And then there was the, uh, and Arabs live there and, and they, they live there. That was it. I mean, there wasn't, there were occasional uh, confrontations, but, but for the most part, that was the way it was. Uh, the Jews lived in the rest of Israel and the, and the, the uh, Arabs lived in the, what we call the West Bank. Mm -hmm. And so, um, but in 1967, Israel was attacked from all sides. And it, that was the time of the famous six-day war. Israel was able to conquer first mm. Egypt, then Jordan, then Syria uh, in six days. And that was an amazing feat. And everybody loved Israel for about a week and a half through this war, had taken over what was known as the West Bank. And they not only took it over, but they began to move in because this had been their land before it was divided out. They call the uh, 1948 War of Independence for Israel, they call that the Nakba, which means disaster, yeah. catastrophe. Yeah. And uh, they are now fighting uh, to ha to get this back. In fact, what Hamas is doing is fighting to get all Israel back, what is now Israel, and call that Palestine and drive the Jews into the sea, kill them yeah. all. Yeah, many they're are calling this the second Nakba, in fact, what's happened here. Yeah, that's, they're called, that's right. So two things are growing in these territories. Arab terrorism yeah. um, against the Jews, but also... Arab criminalism against each other. And there's been a tremendous spike in Arab against Arab crime. Israel is, let's face it, its existence there, they're in a pretty rough neighborhood. Let's put it that way, Ilana. Pretty rough yep. neighborhood. Yes. And they're surrounded by nothing but terror. Think about this. This and having visited Israel myself, it's a it's a piece of paradise, really. Uh, and it really is such a beautiful culture. And it's right there. And talk about technology and innovation. And it's a thrust for life and all of that. And yet it's right there. And, uh, you know, I, I wonder often and I've often wondered if it's a, probably a point of jealousy 
that these other groups or people have not been able to achieve anything near what Israel has been able to achieve. I mean, they've been a sparkling uh, state, you know? Yeah. Israel is very exciting. Um, The problem that the Palestinians, the the so-called Palestinians, the Arabs in in the West Bank have had, and it's the same in Gaza, by the way, is that their leaders, starting with Yasser Arafat and now with uh, uh, Abbas, they're very corrupt. And what they do is they get money from the rest of the world because they cry poor and they cry, we have so many refugees. After 75 years, it's not even the people, the people who were, Original, the original refugees are long gone, right. and it's their their children, their grandchildren, and their great grandchildren who are now claiming to be refugees. But in any case, um, the 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 their their leaders have not allowed them to develop economically. And in fact, when they get money to for their refugees or in Gaza yeah. for rebuilding after a war, yeah. they use it for themselves. They do not. They, well, I think Yasser Arafat died. He had billions of dollars in yeah, the Swiss bank. Yeah. You know, and, and it's you know, the way you put it out there right now, we see that corruption in a lot of places, a lot of leaderships, a lot of areas. I mean, it's so true. People that it's a, it's a power game for so many of these people and where they go. Um, you know, uh, the the life out there in Israel and my time out there was quite remarkable. And, and Tel Aviv, I mean, uh, I remember a lot of um, uh, like uh, very interesting evening parties, dance parties gatherings up on the rooftops, things of that nature, very exciting nightlife, if you will, uh, and just a cultural melting pot of opportunities and things. And I remember it very well in the the time there. Uh, so it's just uh, an amazing place surrounded in, as I describe it, a very rough neighborhood, uh, unfortunately, and that's the way it is. And but right now they are standing for truth and they are standing uh, for uh, righteousness and in the, the fight of good and evil, friends. And we have to support that. Indeed, we got to push against evil now. This is what we all need to do as people. So thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America. America.